Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, Chris, we're on episode three. How does that make you feel? Man, it's crazy to think that we're already on episode three. It feels like we were just getting started two weeks ago, which, I mean, we were getting started two weeks ago. So, but yeah, it's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun, man. Absolutely. I can't believe we're filming our third episode of this. And uh, we just want to shout out to all of our listeners. Um, You really are um, the Donut Box OGs out there. And so we really appreciate all the support we've had. you know, surpassed our number expectations. I can say that for myself. So we had for the first episode, 87 listeners, which I think is tremendous numbers. I was only expecting like 10. So, and we got up to 87, which is a tremendous and phenomenal feat. So thanks for putting up with our humor and listening to us. So thank you all donut box OGs. We definitely appreciate the support. Shout out to my mom. Cause she's been a one since day one. So <laughs> Absolutely. So shout out to her for that. And uh, shout out to everybody that's been um, spreading us around a good bit. I know that we've had some listeners in different places. Um, And so welcome. We're happy to have everyone. And if you're a new listener, we're happy to have you as well. Consider yourself a donut box OG yourself because we're still getting started. But um, we appreciate you guys. And um, for our first segment, we have the old fashioned donut. And for our new and existing listeners, uh, just a reminder of what the Old Fashioned Donut is, uh, it is a story from Chris and I's past. So here's the thing. Um, I dubbed this next story the Pepper Spray Story. Um, To set this story up, uh, let's give you a time and a place. Um, Chris was 17, I believe. I was 16 around that time frame. Um, And... The thing was, Chris was in the Police Explorer program at the time, and uh, Chris explained to to people what the Police Explorer program was in that area. This was actually during my senior year, uh, the last year of high school, and the Explorer program is for kids that are interested in becoming police officers, which at the time I wanted to become a police officer. Okay, and the reason why I wanted to become a police officer, I watched way too much Chuck Norris and Walker, Texas Ranger, and that was the whole reason why I wanted to move to Texas and I wanted to become a Texas Ranger. But in order to become a Texas Ranger, you first have to be a regular police officer, then you have to make detective, then you have to make Department of Public Safety, and then you can apply to be a Texas Ranger. So I wanted to be a cop, and the neighboring county, Columbia County, had a program for young people that were interested and what you would do is you would show up and you would run different police scenarios, like domestic scenarios, traffic stops, those kind of things. You had to do ride-alongs with the police officers, and it was all for you to become in training while you were waiting on graduating high school so that when you got out of high school, you could either go to college or you could go through the academy, and that's what the Police Explorer program was. And if I remember correctly, at first, uh, the Explore program, you wanted to join because of uh, ride-alongs. That was the whole thing that kind of started that whole thing. But at the time, um, I was a youth leader. I I had what they called a cell group, which was a group of uh, middle school boys while I was in high school. And uh, I would teach them lessons every week, you know, things like that. So it happened to be the same night that that would normally go on. Chris would have to go to Explore program. 
Um, but normally he was my ride back home. He would, since it was around that area, he would come pick me up from the church and take me back home or we would hang out or whatever would happen at the time. Um, so just to set this up, we're, you know, I'm at church. Chris comes by, he's in his uniform and everything like that. We're standing around talking and, uh, there was this young lady, um, at the church who we discovered had pepper spray and uh i'm gonna let chris go from from there this was the point in my life where i started started to walk away from the church and i was just not interested in youth group but michael was my friend so i was like you know what i'll pick you up from the church and it was right as church was ending and we found out this young lady had pepper spray and i knew that when i went through the academy i was gonna have to be tased and i was gonna have to be pepper sprayed and being an 18 year old dumb kid with nothing to lose. I knew that I was moving to Texas already. So I was just like, you know what? Let me see what getting pepper sprayed feels like. So when I go through the academy, I'll know what to do. I'll know the remedies and whatnot. And everyone says that it's like sticking your head in a French fryer, which I will validate that that is true. So Micah and I decided to get this pepper spray from this from this girl. And I don't know what happened. There were a couple of other kids around. There were a couple of other kids around and somehow they found out and they were like, Ooh, Christopher's going to get pepper sprayed. Christopher's going to get pepper sprayed. But I didn't want it to go into my eyes. So I had the bright idea. You know what? I'm going to cover my eyes with my arm. And if it gets on my face, I'll see how it feels. Cause I don't want to go blind. I'm not stupid. Well, and just to clarify, we did not do this in the church building. They had a very big parking lot. So we we take the pepper spray out to the parking lot to do this. And um, quite understandably, once word spread, uh, if I remember correctly, there was a little bit of a crowd around at the time. Yeah, yeah, yes. And I was like, you know what? Spray me. So Micah sprays me the first time. Nothing. I'm like, yeah, that's not that bad. Sprays me the second time. Nothing happens. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to stand out here and get pepper sprayed for nothing. I was like, Micah. Put it on my hand, spray some in my hand, I'll put some on my face. That was the dumbest thing that I ever decided to do. And all of a sudden, I put some on my face and some started getting in my eyes. And that's when it started taking effect. So I'm screwed up like, oh, God, my eyes, my eyes. Well, even that, and I, I think there was, so you put it on your face. And I think you said you felt it burning a little bit. And then there was the, uh, I think there was a fourth time, if I remember correctly, that you were like, spray me again. And you had your, you just had your forearm covering your eyes. And so I like sprayed your forehead and you moved your forearm. And so it just drained right into your eyes. And, and I think that was the, I think that was the, the big moment uh, where you went down on your knees. And- it was like getting a really, 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 really bad sunburn and sticking your head in a French fryer. It was it was the most excruciating pain that i ever been. So I'm just like, oh, God, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes. So we thought we were smart, okay? And so we, we knew that it was going to be painful and everything like that. So we lined up three water bottles on top of this man's car, you know, on, on top of Chris's car. And so, of course, he's over there in pain. So we open the water bottle and we start dumping it in his eyes, trying to flush it out. Well, nobody tells us that water makes it worse. So now he's on the ground, you know, screaming and yelling, just even worse. Just, oh my God. It was, it was horrible, but kind of funny. So we looked up what will make it better and 
turns out buttermilk will make it better. And Micah and I used to serve with the homeless ministry in the kitchen. So we knew where they were going to keep the buttermilk. So Micah runs off and he is going to get the buttermilk to put on my face. So if you ever get pepper sprayed accidentally, buttermilk is the way to go. And that definitely helped relieve it. We just left out the part on Sunday morning when they were serving uh, where the buttermilk was that they were going to use to make pancakes that morning. That wasn't relevant and they didn't need to know where it went. But um, to those of you who know all what we're talking about now, yep, that's where the buttermilk went. It went into Chris's eyes to protect that poor man from the pain that was. Then the youth pastor, which it was the new youth pastor and this guy that I was not a fan of. He was a youth leader and he was always just kind of weird and they come up to me and they were like do you know how stupid that was do you know what what you could have went blind you're so stupid for doing this and I was like man I don't even care right now like I just don't even care my eyes are burning you know I understand the way that they were feeling they were probably worried about a lawsuit but at the time that was not the right time or the place to tell me that I was being stupid I already knew what I was doing I already knew I was being stupid I lived with my consequences okay and I think the words you used was listen now's not the time get out of my face and I think that was the the exact wording. <laughs> so Micah calls my mom and he, yeah, so he calls my mom and she's like, hello. And he's like, Miss Debbie, I got something to tell you. Chris is okay. And she's like, oh Lord, what is it? She thought the worst. And he was like, just going to let you know, my I pepper sprayed Chris in the face and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not doing too good. So I'm going to drive him home. And she was like, Oh, okay. And she was, and so later she told us when we got to the house, she was like, I thought it was something serious. She was like, I thought he flipped his car in the, in the parking lot drag racing or something. Cause we were known to have drag racing in the parking lot. She was like, I thought this was something serious and, and, and this isn't that bad. And when we came home and Micah drove me home, she busted out laughing. She thought it was the funniest thing in the world. She was like, Oh, that's so y'all <laughs> something y'all would do. So my mom didn't really, uh, you know, she wasn't mad. She just kind of thought it was pretty funny, which I, reflecting back on it, it's pretty funny that I got pepper sprayed in the face. Word to the wise, if you are the pepper sprayer, like if you are spraying someone with pepper spray, um, be careful if you get it on your hands and or anywhere on your body, because later on I took a shower and that's where I felt the effects of pepper spray all over my hands and all over my arm. It felt like I had terrible, terrible sunburns and it was not fun. So just... Be careful if you ever actually use pepper spray, um, whether you're getting it on you or whether you're using it on someone else. Yeah, there's some effects with that. Even with the buttermilk on my face, like the buttermilk helped soothe it and I was not in as much pain. But once I took a shower, it burned so, so, so bad. And it was, I can, I can still smell it and I can still Remember the feeling. It, it is awful. I do not recommend anybody getting pepper sprayed. We were dumb for doing that. Thankfully, by the grace of God, I did not go blind. It was. It is not something that I would like to relive. Great story came out of it, though. It's a great story. It is a great story. I love that story. All right. So our next segment, we're going to talk about, uh, or it's the jelly donut, which is the jail report. So this one is a little bit something special. Um, it is some of the best that we have found from the year 2020 in the jail reports. 
And uh, we sifted through so you don't have to. And I know what you're thinking. 2020, well, isn't it 2021? Yeah, we didn't have a podcast in 2020, so we're going back to 2020. All right, so the very first story. uh, Men try to sell a house that they don't own. Now, that's very interesting. I've, you know, first of all, I've never heard, Chris, have you heard of anybody trying to sell a house that they didn't own? I mean, that's a lot of money you're talking about. Well, how did they even get the title or what? what's the story with that? Because I would imagine, did they just pose as the real estate agents or I don't, I don't understand because you have to have like a title and that kind of stuff. So according to the story, they were advertising the home for sale. They were trying, and so they were charged with criminal attempt to theft by deception. Um, apparently, they posted an ad on Facebook for a, a home on this particular road. Owned by I'm going to jump in right here and say, if you see an ad on Facebook for a home, nine times out of ten, it's probably not a good idea. You should definitely look up, do your do your research, do your information check. Don't go off Facebook to look for a house. Uh, and apparently the home was owned by an 80-year-old woman. Um, and so, you know, the deputies, you know, some sheriff's deputies came out there and spoke with her about, you know, are you selling the property? And, you know, she was saying no. And um, it was, in fact, a picture of their property. But um, they didn't have any deeds or anything like that. So um, the only thing the report says further than that is they were, I guess... They were hoping somebody would come look at the house and give them whatever money they were asking. So did they not get anybody to come view the house at all? I don't think so. <laughs> um, I think they found it first. Um, it doesn't say how they found it, but uh, apparently the sheriff's department was on top of the Facebook post and went and checked it out before anything happened. I'm sure they, there's like somebody that monitors that kind of stuff. And like if it's not through a reputable uh real estate agent or real estate agency, then I'm pretty sure they're always checking that kind of stuff. Well, in social media nowadays too, I feel like it's something really easy, you know, to where it's, you know, the person's cousin, person's family member of some sort. All you have to do is be, you know, see, Hey, that's so-and-so's house. And these are people that, you know, I've never seen before. or I don't think that they would know. So I don't think that that's you know, they're selling the house. It's like I went to grandma's house last week for gingerbread cookies and now she's selling her house. What the heck, grandma? And they have really weird real estate agents that are posting ads on Facebook for her house. What's the sec? What's the next story? So the, the next one is uh, a woman pockets friends plane ticket money. Ooh, that sounds interesting. So apparently a woman uh, swindled some vacation money from some of her friends. Um, she was jailed for five counts of breach of trust and... Apparently, um, she had been collecting money from friends through Venmo app, and she was supposed to purchase plane tickets, but ended up not doing that. Um, she ended up started transferring the money over to herself, and apparently was also supposed to be buying plane tickets for her friends so they can all go on a vacation of some sort. Oh, so she was like, hey, we're all going to go to like Cancun and just cash out me the money and I'll buy the plane tickets. But then she just ended up pocketing. Is that right? Uh, essentially, yes. And um, so apparently all the friends, and this is when they found out that stuff had happened, they arrive at the Atlanta airport to board their flight and they had no tickets, no records of purchase, nothing. And she wasn't there. 
that would be a little suspicious if the person that was booking the flights and stuff was not there. I'd be calling like, hey, Susie, like, where the heck are you at? Like, you said that you booked these plane tickets. I mean, that's definitely frustrating and embarrassing, and it would be a, a betrayal to me if my friend just did that. Well, apparently between all the friends and every party that was supposed to be having, you know, tickets bought for them and going on this trip, it was to the tune of $2,300. $2,300. I mean... Yeah, that's a lot of money, but at the same time, she's not probably going to get that much jail time. Unless it's like the five counts of breach of trust that's what's going to get her. It depends. I'm not sure in this state. Sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, breach of trust can be misdemeanors too, so I'm not sure. Um, then again, don't go off of me. I'm not legal by any standpoint, but I'm pretty sure that breach of trust in some places are misdemeanors. So I don't know. You know, she might have just... It doesn't say what happened in court or anything. It could have been something that was handled. Uh, she had some jail time, but handled primarily civilly where she had to pay it all back or something. Well, I know you like watching Matlock, so I know you know all about those kind of laws and stuff like that. But anyways, choose your friends wisely. I'll talk about that later. Shout out to uh, Matlock. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Matlock. I don't know what our obsession is with that show. I actually kind of hate that show. But anyways, that's a rabbit hole. So uh, the third and final one uh, today for this segment, I have, um, so apparently a wife um, assaulted a significant other with a phone charger and left welts, and that's what uh, got her on the on the charge here. So apparently a woman attacked her husband with a phone charger and led, uh, leaving large welts, and that's what it said, and, and um, so she was charged with battery, and I don't know why, but I think it's, it's not funny, the story's not funny, but what I will say is funny is, you know, a charging device, and then, you know, charged with battery. So does that carry a, carry a heavy charge or what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, apparently she she grabbed it. And uh, so it, the the whole issue was apparently the husband was um, had been found out for cheating. So apparently she pulled the phone cord out the wall or the phone charger out of the wall and started whipping him across the back with it and left some pretty hefty welts. Um and so apparently the children were the ones that broke them up and called the police. That's always sad when the kids have to get involved, when you see mom and dad doing that. that, that that's kind of probably the saddest part of that story. Yeah, that, that definitely is. I think one of the craziest parts about this is when police showed up, she was in the process of throwing a coffee table into the wall. So apparently she threw the coffee table into the wall and all the glass shattered and everything and left a big old hole in the wall and everything. And so, yeah, it, she was she was throwing a little bit of a, um, a fit. Uh, I mean, granted... You know, I don't know their marital status or anything like that, but I, I do imagine that things like that are shocking. Um, assault's never okay in those situations, uh, just like that was said. But the guy shouldn't have been cheating either. I mean, that's 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 pretty bad. Like you said, violence is never okay. Violence is never okay, but and you know, also, um, these coffee tables have been through enough. Okay, I've known of a lot of broken coffee tables. Listen, I've broken a coffee table over the Dallas Cowboys before. Poor coffee tables, okay? This is my advocation for coffee tables and the fact that they don't need to be flipped and thrown into walls. 100%. I know that I'm, I've seen on Facebook 
where this girl caught her guy cheating and she burned like all of his clothes and the guy on Facebook was like hey I need some new clothes because my girl caught me cheating and she burned them all and everybody in the comments was just like ripping him to shreds and was like well you shouldn't have cheated on your girl but I think this story takes the cake of criminals of 2020 that's that's pretty that's pretty violent and pretty pretty heavy she she definitely flipped but um I will say this on the the note of cheating and stuff like that uh, Chris and I side note we like to go to pawn shops and some of the things that we find in pawn shops you're like oh yeah the guy was found cheating and the girl pawned all of his stuff it yep that's what happened here man that was a pretty good jail segment man that that's awesome so I know that we have the donut hole coming up and our donut hole changes every week and it's just a different thing. We like to change up our podcast. We like to change it up. So the donut hole will be changing every week. So, Michael, what's on the agenda for this donut hole? We're calling this one the Dumpster Dive. And it's our uh, it's our Trash TV pick of the week. And so this week, we're going to go with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Now, it's a little bit of an older show. Some people have probably seen it, and you've probably heard of Dog the Bounty Hunter before in the past. Um, if not, I don't know why I like Dog the Bounty Hunter. It's really funny. It's I think the best part about Dog the Bounty Hunter is they they do try to do right by the people that they are arresting, and they're trying to change their lives. Because, um, you know, many of them, unfortunately, are addicts and things like that. Um However, if you watch so much of it, you start seeing their method and how they do it. Um, and the, the funny thing is, it's, it's almost like the, the military method of, you know, they talk a lot of mess to them. You know, when they're getting them on the ground and things like that, they're calling them dirtbag, scumbag, whatever you want to call them. They're calling them names and all sorts of stuff. And then, you know, they get them detained and arrested and they're in the car. And it's like, we care. We care about you. We care about this. And we care about you changing your life around. And it's it's funny to watch, for me at least, to watch the flip of going from tearing somebody down like that to then flipping to being like, you know, here I am to change your life. And I'm trying to help you change your life. Well, what really sells on the trash TV is that like calling people names and doing all that drama, throwing people around. Because if you watch a lot of TV shows, it's not that interesting if they're all getting along and all being nice. There's got to be some kind of drama. No. And that's, that is the best part. We all love, you know, as much as we don't want to admit it, we, we all kind of love our reality shows and things like that. Um, and Dog the Bounty Hunter, if it is not something that you've seen, I would suggest it um, to watch. You know, it's basically, you know, literally bounty hunters in Hawaii going after it. And they're also a bail bond company. So it gives you a little insight into bail bonds too. Why does Dog the Bounty Hunter make the dumpster dive? Well, to me, um, there's a lot of drama first and foremost, which is always fun. Um, two, it was made, you know, I think it was like 05 to 2011, 2012. And, um, there's some sort of flow that 2005, uh, mid two thousands, you know, late early to, you know, late two thousands and things like that that had just a cinematic effect, the music, you know, even to the clothes that they're wearing, the, uh, you know, they have glasses and things like that. And you're sitting there going, I remember when those were popular. It's almost, it gives you a little bit of peace and nostalgia 
Um, some of the songs that are played are a little nostalgic too, but uh, mainly the drama. Well, those those kind of shows and that time period it was all about the editing editing it was all about the special effects so people just got super crazy with the intros and the special effects so it's cool to watch the cheesy things and you're like oh geez this was so bad but at the time it was so innovative and we used to think like oh man that's hardcore you know that's that's hardcore oh yeah bounty hunter yeah it gives you almost that but now you just look back and you you think wow that was really really cheesy you can tell that dog the bounty hunter is definitely stuck in the 80s and he never left yeah. Well, yeah. And something else about Dog the Bounty Hunter 2 is um, some of the things that are said, you know, I don't know about Dog's past. I know that he had been to jail and stuff like that, but it seems like he had, you know, maybe smoked one too many doobies back in the day. So it's kind of it's kind of funny to watch him conduct himself regularly. Um, but they do a good job and they they're good intentions. So. Um, most shows that are like that, that are full of drama and things like that. It's, it's about the drama and it's not really about that. And it's supposed to have a positive approach. So it's, it's trash TV, but with the positive spin, which is nice. Well, that was a good donut hole, man. That was, that was a really good donut hole. I am looking forward to see more trash TV coming out of trash can TV. It's great. I love watching trash TV, which is why we name it trash can TV. But anyways, uh, on to our next segment is what fries my donut. If you know about this segment, this is a salute to the segment on Family Guy where it's what grinds my gears. Basically, we talk about what really gets us going, what just observations in life, society. We're not really talking about direct people. We're just kind of talking about things in life that are making us fry our donuts. Flows in society, if you will. So I got a good one today. And I've noticed this in society, and this is specifically talking to a younger generation just because of the kind of mentality that it has, but it's these guys and girls and these kids that are just handed everything. They have this sense of entitlement. For example, they want to show up to a job and they want to make $20 an hour, but they don't want to work that much. They want to show up to a job, have no experience, have no work ethic, make $20 an hour and work Monday through Friday from noon until 3 p.m. Like they they have no commitment. They're just expected everything to be easy for them. And they're just expected for society to hand them things. And I really think it's a reflection on the parenting. And I know that I'm not a parent and I can't really speak out of experience. But when you give your kid everything and you don't make them work for anything, they don't appreciate the stuff that they have. They're just expected for things to be easy. And then the example is with school, with work, with anything, they show up to class and they're like, I should just get an A just for showing up. But And part of the thing too is that it's commonly, or I think of it like uh, the gym class mentality. You know, I'm going to show up to gym class. All I have to do is dress out, put gym clothes on, and I'm going to get 100 for today. You know, I feel like that mentality is crossed over into the workforce or really any facet of society is people grow up, they get out in the real world, and, you know, they expect, oh, I showed up this place, I get a paycheck, right? And you see it in, in just society itself with everything. I see this all the time. Adulting is hard. Oh, I have to adult today. When really you just have those responsibilities. I get it. Life is hard and things are tough sometimes and everyone goes through rougher seasons than most. 
But there's some things that are just part of life, like waking up to go to a job every day. I don't want to wake up and work from nine to five, but I do it because, hey, I need a paycheck. But also, too, I work hard because I take pride in my work. I was taught at a very young age to take pride in your work and to not do things half-heartedly. And you see these kids, they're just like, well, mommy and daddy are going to bail me out. Mommy and daddy are going to give me everything. And that's how society should be. If I don't like something, then mommy and daddy should just pull me out of it. And like I said, I get wanting to give your kids the world, but there's a fine line between giving them things and also giving them a sense of entitlement or spoiling them. And there's there's nothing wrong with parenting and, and giving your children the tools to help them move forward in life, but giving them tools, you know, the whole teaching somebody how to fish or giving them the fish. I mean, teaching your children how to fish is going to give them the resources to live the rest of their life without having to depend on somebody else, give them an independent sense and give them the skills to move forward in life um, without anybody's help. But see, now it's almost to the point where they don't want to do that because they're used to saying, you know, I can't catch a fish, catch one for me and somebody doing that. Exactly. And it gives them a false sense of reality because they expect when they go out into the world that everything is just going to be easy for them. I see so many kids at church, they come up to me and they're like, I want to be a YouTuber. It's so easy. And it's like, there's a lot of work that goes into that. You have to record every day. You have to be creative and not saying that these kids are not creative, but that you can't just rely on talent alone. You have to put in the work. It's good to have talent, but you also have to put in the work to make those things happen. And it. Yo Gotti, I'm going to shout him out. He comes up with this song and it's called Disqualified. And I think you can go listen to it on YouTube. And he's mostly, he's talking about women, but he's talking about, you know, you in the club every week, but you ain't got a job. Talking about you got it hard, but you ain't never got a paycheck. And you're always talking about how your life is hard, but you're, you're mooching off of other people and you're not really putting in any work. That's just what's going on primarily right now. I see it all the time. I see it all the time where that thing, where that kind of stuff happens, primarily at work. Um, but it's just incredible the how we've gotten here to this point, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Used to be whenever I had my first jobs, there would be some people like that. You know, you'd have some people like that, and then you'd have others that were not like that. You would have actually people that would you know, had a good work ethic and would do the things that they're supposed to do. But, you know, a lot of times what I see now is um, the workers have the team on their back and the rest, you know, put the, put the load on the workers and expect everything else to come to them. But then they're the first person to complain and be like, man, I'm, you know, I, I don't understand why I haven't gotten this, why I haven't gotten that, why... You know, I'm having to work so hard when in reality that's not the fact. Another thing that fries my donuts, adding on to this, is these people, they want success instantly. They want micro microwave results when in reality it's, it's putting that thing in the oven and letting it cook and letting it marinate over time. They see their parents grabbing all these things, getting the house, getting the cars, getting a successful life. And their parents, it took them 40 years, and these kids want it when they're 20. They want those those 
um, benefits of life at a young age without putting in the work. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, do you want what I have? Then do what I have to do to get there because it takes hard work to get the things in life, to reap those benefits. And it's years of, of going unnoticed. It's years of hard work and hard toil. And it's like it, with sowing things, you don't see the fruit until a couple years. You can plant a tree, but you're not going to see the fruit of that tree until maybe 20, 30 years down the road. Well, and I'm going to go off your YouTube analogy earlier. You know, whenever I was a kid, I used to look at sportcasters, ESPN, things like that. And I would think, man, they must have the job. You know, they get on their shows and do a sports cast for an hour, talk about all the highlights of sports and everything. And that must be easy reading from a teleprompter and everything. What you don't realize is, excuse me, most of the time they are there, you know, more than eight hours. It, you only see them for an hour on TV doing their thing. But most of the time, they're having to grab all their own research. Now, some of them have assistance and, you know, the bigger time stuff. But for the most part, these sportscasters, these radio, and you know, personalities and things like that, it's not easy. You only hear or see them for an hour, but they're putting in the work behind the scenes. They're having to do, I mean, even football commentators on TV and on you know whatever given day they're you know they have to show up a couple days before they're interviewing everybody they're interviewing coaches they're interviewing all these people they have you know a plethora of notes of who everybody is what the coaches say and everything like that but you only hear them three hours of the time or however long the game goes well it's that old adage of you put in 80 hours of practice a week for an hour of playing time in that sports area. And you also look at it too, going back to they, these young kids in this young generation, they want the successful life. And it's also because they see successful young people and most of these young people that they see, these celebrities, they haven't worked from the bottom up. They're what they're called industry plants, which mommy and daddy were actor or actress, or they knew somebody in the industry and they just used their connections to get that person a recording label or get that person a movie prime example. And I'm, I'm not having any hate on the Smith kids, but Jada, Jaden and Willow Smith, you see them, they really didn't have to work hard for anything. They just had Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith to help get them where they are at. And these young kids, they see people their own age and they're like, why can't I achieve that? And so in reality, their mom and dad were just in the right place at the right time. They are living off the coattails of what their mom and dad produced. And what a lot of people, younger kids and you know people of this generation don't understand is those people are outliers, even if they aren't plants of some sort, even if they worked their way, you know, to become a social media, you know, person or a, uh, an influencer or whatever they're doing, they had to, you know, normally it takes a while to build a brand, to build whatever, you know, they might've gotten in on the ground floor. Maybe they're, you know, have that bright idea of, you know, I'm going to start this. Um, but there's never really a, you know, it's it's that sense of get rich quick. Everybody wants to get rich quick. Everybody wants to be able to have this and that because they see peers their age that have gotten rich quick. But, you know, you're all on your own path. We're all on our own path. And the only thing that we can control is what we can control. And the majority of what we can control is our work ethic and our attitude towards work. Because at the end of the day, whether you are a plant or whether you're not, even the plants are having to work. Yeah, man. And so that's just what fries my donuts. It takes 
not just hard work, but also talent. You you have to have a, a fine balance of both. So anyways, that's what fries my donuts. I'll get off that soapbox, but it's just something that I've noticed in this younger generation. So with that being said, we have my personal favorite segment. I love this segment every week, but that is the mystery donut segment. Which is our improv segment. So uh, we're going to have the same format that we had on our very first episode where we are going to pick a scenario and a accent to do it with. And then we are going to, we're going to act it out. Yeah, improv. So I'm ready. Let's choose the first accent. Mike, I'm ready. Okay, so we got a few here in this list. Let me mix them around. Valley Girl. Okay, here we go. Valley Girl. I'm ready for that. And what are what are Valley Girls? Where are we going to be at? So we're going to be Christmas shopping. Valley Girls Christmas shopping. Oh, this should be fun. I'll start. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh my gosh, Sarah. Did you see Jennifer here at Target? What is she wearing? Oh my gosh, Jocelyn, I saw it, and let me tell you, she looks P.U. disgusting. Oh my gosh, well, I hope she's not getting me a gift, because I'm totally not getting her a gift after she did not RSVP to my bachelor bachelorette party. Well, wasn't she trying to talk to Mike during the whole time? Yes, she was trying to talk to my fiancé, and I'm like, uh-uh, girl, you need to get your own man. Just because you have not had a man in three years does not mean you can come talk to mine. I'm just saying, like, she's always trying to talk to other people's men. Like, she can't even go for somebody single on her own. Oh my gosh, you know that song, Santa Baby? That's what she's going to be singing this Christmas, because guess what? She's going to be lonely. Yeah, and I mean, I just don't understand why she doesn't get somebody single, because she looks hoey enough already. Oh my gosh. Janet, how, how many Christmas parties do you have to go to? I have to go to like eight, but let me tell you, I have to do that stupid white elephant or the, 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 what do you call it? Yankee swap. That's what we call it at my house. Yankee swap. I always heard it nasty Christmas. Oh my gosh. Well, the only thing that's going to be nasty this Christmas is me. Oh man. Are you getting sloppy drunk again? Oh yeah. All the way. I hope that Ryan kisses me under the mistletoe. You know what he did last Christmas? He proposed. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I said, if I don't get a hundred followers on Instagram after this, I am just going to absolutely die. Well, how many did you get? I only got 89. Can you believe that? After all, my outfit was looking good and everything. That's not as many as you got from the Vegas trip. I know. Ring by spring, but you know what? Husband by winter is what I say. I would love to have a... Have to love to have a spring wedding, but you know what? It's just not in the books this year. Why is it just too expensive? It is just too expensive to make Cabo this year with all the flights going up because of those stupid Southwest pilots don't want to get the vaccine. Uh, excuse me, I am trying to fly to Cabo. Oh my gosh, yes. Whenever I try to get a ticket, and listen, because it's so expensive, I can only take seven vacations this year, not eight or ten like I like ridiculous oh my gosh that is like so the worst do you think that we should totally go to starbucks you know they have the starbucks in the target we can go there oh my gosh i love target i love just standing in the aisle and sniffing the candles hello pumpkin spice even though fall is over i'm not listen i could have pumpkin spice all year round i don't even care if ryan was pumpkin spice i would totally have him all year round oh my gosh all i'm saying is I really need to get away for a little bit. Oh my gosh, who did you get for Secret Santa this year? Did you get me? No, I didn't get you. I can't tell you who I got. Oh my gosh, Sarah, can you just at least please 
drop it with the shenanigans for one second and tell me who you got secret Santa? I'm your best friend. All I have to say is I'm about to have to go because I have to meet up with my boy toy Ricardo. He's going to take me out to dinner tonight. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh, Sarah. You better not be meeting up with Jocelyn again because you know what? I hate her. Yes, she's my best friend too, but after she did not RSVP and she said that she was going to bring a plus one, but we all know that's a lie. She's not going to find a man by spring. I know she's a liar. Can I tell you something bad? I haven't liked her since Friendsgiving when she came over and brought potato salad when I clearly told her to bring the stuffing. I mean, how hard is it to bring stuffing and not potato salad? Oh my gosh, she is the worst. And she knew that I was bringing potato salad. And I think she personally, like, oh my gosh, hates me. I am so done with that heifer. And let me tell you, she stole our serving spoon. I know for a fact, she stole our serving spoon. I know she is a little kleptomaniac. Well, anyways, Nicole, I have to get off because me and Ryan are taking our engagement pictures. Oh, finally, show me when they come in. Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, man. Well, that was a good mystery. That was a good mystery donut. Uh, the improv is always very interesting. I think we, I think we uh, have a good vibe going on with our, with our improv. Yeah. Um, I've, I don't think I've done Valley Girl voice in a while. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of one of the harder ones to do. But anyways, with that being said, man, it is it is getting towards the end of our show. But what is our next donut? We only have one donut left, and we'll be taking the donut box out to the trash. But the last one we have is our eclair, which is our positive advice. And uh, this week, I'm going to let Chris go first. All right. So for our positive advice, it kind of ties into with choosing your friends and basically what I want to say is be careful of who you let sit at your table um, just know that not everyone is out there for your best interest and even if your table is small it is okay if you only have a couple friends around and you get to choose who is sitting at your table because some people they just want to eat the food and then leave you with the bill and those are not true friends true friends will be there with you whether you're eating steak or whether you're eating ramen noodles and some people are just there at your table just because they want to get information. They don't really care about you. And I'm going to get a little personal here, but when I was going through my divorce, it was amazing how many people came out of the woodworks and were wondering what was going on, not just because they really cared about me, but they simply just wanted information. And those kind of people are not the people that you want to sit at your table. You want those few close friends that are not just going to celebrate your wins, but are also going to be there with you and pick you up in your losses and say, hey, you know what? I know that you don't believe in yourself, but I believe in you. You know, Micah is a great example. We do this podcast together, but we've been friends for almost 20 years. And through those 20 years, We've seen each other go through ups and downs, and usually one of us will be, have either gone through the same thing or is going through that same thing. And, you know, the Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, let someone else, you know, sharpen you. And it's okay for you to have those small friends at your table, but you get to choose who can sit at your table and not. And don't be worried about who likes you because the people that really matter are the people that know you and that's all that matters as long as you have their approval and as long as they're you know in your corner that's all that matters great point great point and uh, now like you said we we've been friends for a long time and uh, it's it truly is a blessing whenever you have somebody else to go through life with and especially somebody that's gone through something or is going through something at the same time um, really is a blessing um, well my positive advice um, ending out the day here is um, we 
being the end of the year, there's a lot of things we're trying to tie up, tie up loose ends, tie up projects, whether it's work or personal life or anything like that. Um, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the little things. Um, you know, we tend to look at the whole task. We tend to look at the whole to-do list. We tend to look at the entire picture all the way down the line of what we need to do. And that can be overwhelming. Uh, my advice to you today Take bite-sized pieces. We don't need to look at the whole entire enchilada, right? We don't need to do the whole thing all at once. You can take bite-sized pieces, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to, you know, it's okay not to have your whole to-do list done today. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have the whole to-do list done today. But at the same time, you have to also ask yourself if it's too much for you to do today. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Far from it. A lot of things weren't built in one day. And I feel like, especially this time of year, we are pressured into feeling like we need to get everything done right now. We need to get everything done right now. And when it's not, you know, our stress and anxiety levels go through the roof. And so I just want to leave you with the note of um, don't worry about the whole entire task. Don't worry about everything you have to do. Get done what you need to get done, and the rest will fall into place. That's a good eclair. That's very positive. It's very easy to look at the whole picture and get overwhelmed. But if you can just do one or two things that are doable that day, then that's okay. And what you can get done is what you can get done. So awesome. It is almost time for us to take this donut box podcast out to the trash can. Can I take it to the trash can? Can I tell them about – can I be the plug? Because yeah. I don't get to be the plug that often. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. All right. So we thank you so much for listening. Check us out at tvtrashcan.com. That is tvtrashcan.com. That is our website. Also, do us a favor and go like and subscribe to our social media pages. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. Also, our YouTube page. If you could like and subscribe. Also, if you could subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcast or whatever it is you listen to, that'll help us out a lot. We have a lot of listeners, but if you can subscribe and like and share and tell someone, tell a friend about it. it, the word of mouth is what travels the best. I mean, I've been looking at it and we have listeners in Detroit. We have listeners in Los Angeles, which is really, they're finding it and it's by word of mouth. So if you could do us a favor and you could go to tvtrashcan.com or like us on our social media pages. And share our social media pages, spread it around a little bit here. Um, but we do thank you for listening and, uh, we're going to take this donut box out to the trash. So with that being said, I'm Chris and I'm Mike, and this is the donut box podcast. And we thank you for listening.